Golf Podcast, presented by Golficity, where we bring you the tips, instruction, and support you need to get the most out of your golf game. And now your hosts, Frank and Mike. Hey guys, welcome back to the Golf Podcast. This is episode number 385. And today we're going to be talking about stance width. And the reason we're going to do that is we I feel like we've been building towards this, Mike. Each, each week for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about some really important key fundamentals in the golf swing. You know, balance, rotation, things like that. And we the more we kind of dive into this game and the more we learn and the more instructors we've worked with, the more I'm finding that it really does prove to be true that getting yourself in the right setup to make a good swing is like 90% of the battle. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and, and we've heard, and I'm again, I, I'm paraphrasing, but we've heard coaches talk about and tell us that it's very hard effectively to make a good swing from a bad setup. Mm-hmm. You know, but from a good setup, you can, it's far easier to, to make that swing that you're after. Right. So one part of that is stance with, and, and one thing too, that makes golf yet again, such a challenging sport is it's a moving target. You know, there's a lot of sports where you can talk about like an athletic stance and it's usually shoulder width apart or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, but you're usually using that same stance throughout that sport that you're, you're playing here with golf. We're going to be changing that stance with throughout our swing for different clubs for different shots things like that but it's also this very fine balance because there's a trade-off there and it really comes to just kind of balancing the two the wider that your stance get the more stable and the more balanced you are however it becomes harder and harder to rotate to rotate right vice versa if you put your feet very close together it's easier to turn and rotate but it's much harder to maintain You're be your off balance, balance. Right. So what we need to do is we need to make sure that we find that sweet spot. And that sweet spot can be very, like, within a narrow margin of error. Mm -hmm. So where, sure, like, the extremities of your feet wide or or way together, you're going to feel that. But it can just be, and you may, let's say you're chasing, like, a little bit more power or something like that. It could just be that maybe your stance is a little too wide and it's restricting your swing a little bit or vice versa. Sometimes people will take a wider stance to restrict their turn on purpose because they're turning too much in some way. Or it may be something that having to do with your just your own physical ability and and injuries and what you can do. So ultimately, what we're going to try to do in this episode is hit on some of the most important parts that we're discovering with the coaches that we're working with, Yep. but more so driving point driving home the point to work with your own coach and your own instruction and your own individual body type and swing to find that stance with but we're going to take it to that next step we're going to talk about practicing it and making sure you you introduce the consistency yeah yeah because it's that inconsistency where maybe it's not in our mind our stance with and we're just kind of doing it second nature and not practicing it believe it or not this is something that you can and should practice right and if you don't now you're approaching the ball with different stance widths at different times and you're creating these variations that you didn't have to adapt to and you're making a game that's hard to be consistent even more even harder yeah absolutely i mean how many times we've been to coaches and uh you you know, they'll they'll say take your stance, and then they'll walk up to you and shove you. And if right. you fall over, they're going to be like, "You're not balanced." Right. You know, you have to spread your your legs a little wider. And then when you do that, like, well, wait, that's a little too far. So there is there is a perfect spot to be. Yeah. You know, like you said before, you could be too wide, and that can hurt you. But this is great. I'm excited to talk about this, especially since, and just to give you guys a little bit of an update. In about a month from now, we're going to be doing a, a, a series of lessons mm-hmm. with different coaches. We're going to be back with Kevin Sprecher. We're going to be working with uh, 
Brad Worthington again at Pound Ridge in August, and then we're going to be with hopefully Rob Labritz of over at Glen Arbor. Yeah, all three different brains, three different teaching. Uh, styles yep, yep. and I love these because we learn all of these little nuggets that then we get to bring onto the show for you guys right but if you're also watching us on YouTube and Facebook you're gonna love these videos as well and I know and the reason I'm bringing this up is a lot of these guys are gonna be talking about this topic for sure especially when we've we've always kind of talked about the value of an on-course playing lesson because when you're there you're you're introduced to, to, to variables and things like that that you face when you're actually playing a round of golf and you've got a coach there to help adjust you because another thing too it stance with might be the uh the actual lie that you're having to approach it with yes you know it you could have an uneven stance and how does that affect it that's just so. it i mean i'm telling you right now the best lessons i've ever gotten were on course playing lessons i almost am spoiled now and i cannot go back to just taking a lesson on a range because of those different variables you know ryan hager telling me about that pitch shot from those tight lies right and and tom reynolds with that uh the ball above my feet chip shot there were so many different things that you can only experience out on the course right Right, and so. then sometimes you find those things out on the course, and this is like uh, Tom Reynolds, and he when we were doing our course lesson with him, he would show us the things on the course because that's where it would come up. But he would say, "Now these are the things that you go back and you practice in exactly. a traditional lesson on the range and whatever it may be." There you go. That's what we're going to talk about too. When we get into this, we're going to talk about some of the even the the tools, very inexpensive, easy tools you can use to kind of remind yourself of stance with and just really why it's important. So we've got a lot to cover today. Before we dive into that, I want to do our Twitter tap in. But first, special thanks to Titleist for sponsoring this episode. And guys, for Bob Vokey, the quest for wedge design is really endless. For the Vokey team, they never stop searching for ways to improve the feel and function of the tools they craft. The Vokey Design SM8 wedges are the height of innovation. They offer six tour-proven sole grinds, precisely cut grooves and a reimagined center of gravity that leaves you with a club face that simply wants to square up mike believe it or not we've been gaming the sm8 since we were fit for them last year honestly i can say that i've never had more responsive more forgiving more playable wedges in my bag and we've had the opportunity to play with countless other great golfers out there in the last couple of months so many of them same thing i look in the bag they're gaming the sm8s and they're just talking about the you know the way that this thing feels the center gravity the way that the the you're just able to square that club face just tremendous so visit Vokey.com, learn more about the sm8 wedges and schedule of fitting um you also have a wedge selector tool on the website which is really helpful but if you get that opportunity to do a fitting there's just so many different variables that you can put into your wedges to really get dialed bounces grinds lofts there's so many things so in the hands of a good fitter you're going to take a, a, a great great tool for your golf game and make it even better i'm excited to see bob again finally in january believe it or not six months away the pga show that's crazy the world is coming back together yeah. as in, in normal and i know bob Vokey will be there again and we got to go say hello. Yeah, yeah. Always look forward to mm -hmm. that. All right, guys. Let's uh, dive into this week's Twitter tap. And if you're not already following us on Twitter, make sure you do so at Golficity so you can be part of the Twitter tap each week. And this is where we ask a question and some of your responses. We get get a great laugh out of you. And there's a few funny ones here. And we also get to learn a little bit of something because, like I said, we're all golfers looking to get better. So if we can learn from each other, that's what it's all about. So um, we asked this week. How do you bounce back after a bad round of golf? Do you have a method or a mindset that helps you get back on track? Uh, and I, I, I like that we kind of phrase this, how do you, like not if you have a bad round, like when you have a bad round, because we all have them. I don't care what level of golf you're playing at, you're going to have them. And I think you become a better and more kind of well-rounded 
golfer when you start to realize that it happens. Mm-hmm. So you're not necessarily devastated by them. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter who you are, you're going to have your days when you're just kind of off. Oh yeah, 100%. I actually for this, I didn't respond, but I wanted to just insert the uh the gif of Ace Ventura going in the shower and then like burning yeah. his clothes. Yeah. Like just a fresh start there you go. with the music, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh but uh, but let's read the some of these. Game. Yeah, the crying game. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then we get that comedy relief. I love this one from Thomas Height. He says, "I say this after every bad ra- bad round, then you've got serenity now. Serenity, serenity now. now. There it is." You guys watch our videos, you know, we're, we're big Seinfeld fans. <laughs> so uh, sanity later. Love those those references. Um but there's a lot of good ones in here too as far as like real practical uh tips. Um Marty Griffin, uh, there's there's a name that you may be familiar with. Actually, I think we had Marty on the podcast years ago, and Marty has his own podcast. Uh, but he said what he uses is micro goals. He said hit 50% of fairways. Uh, from that, 50, uh, 50% hit 60% of greens. Get up and down 70% of the time. So you could see he really kind of breaks it down. Um, and he said if you can do that, the scores will, will come. And that's something we've talked about here on the, on the show before. Instead of worrying about that, that big number, your score – Instead, getting hyper-focused on little goals as you go. So it, it, each shot can have a goal. So like when you're on the tee box, the goal can be not, not I mean, so many of us, we look at it and be like, all right, this is a par four, it's scorable, mm-hmm. it's this many yards. Forget that. You're already thinking about the score. Instead, think about one step at a time, those micro goals, as Marty said. The first goal might just be, just put it in the fairway to give myself a shot at the green. Yeah. And then slowly work your way back into that. Instead of thinking, well, I need to shoot X, Y, Z here to bounce back from the bad hole prior to it or the bad round right. I played last weekend. Instead, you're saying, let me just slow it down and focus on the micro goals. Well, maybe you should go back. I'm about to blow your mind. Go back and listen to episode 61 of the Golf 61. Podcast with Marty. And the title was Lessons Learned Shooting a 122. Wow. So, you know. There's Marty who who's sharing his little tips, you know, way back. This was uh, March of 2015, by the way. That's wild. Six years ago. And there you go. Proves my point even more because Marty, I know, is a terrific golfer, and he talks about that time he shot 122. Mm-hmm. It happens to everybody. So I think that's that's really important. Um, looking through some of the other ones here. Uh, Pat she, says I buy a new set of clubs. Buy a new okay. set of clubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're fortunate enough for that. JB sure. said the same, buy a new club, <laughs> yep. which is funny because so many of us, the – the 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 reaction is always like just buy better equipment and and in fact like it, it just doesn't necessarily solve the piece of the puzzle I, I i'm more so of the mindset of getting fit you know every you know once in a while every season every other season so you can take advantage of the technological you know advancements in clubs mm-hmm. but not necessarily that it's just going to fix like like because if it right. was if we could just throw money at the problem you know, we'd all probably try to do that. But the fact is, it really takes putting the work in and just realizing it happens and you can kind of grind through it. My quick thing about this whole, like this this topic, it's a great topic because, I mean, we'll see guys on tour, we'll shoot like a 63 and break records and then the next week they'll, they'll shoot 76, 81 and miss a cut. I mean, it happens to the best players in the world and they do bounce back. Yeah. And it happens to us and we bounce back. And for me, it's just like finding that one or two things out there that just wants to bring you back. You know, that eagle putt or that birdie putt or something. Yeah. Plus, you know, plus that's look, how I bounce back and play better. And maybe you were just off that day. That's just it. And it's also, you know? it comes down to perspective. And there's two here that I want to read because they're they're great with that. And just this little mindset of perspective can make it better. I mean, if you think about, 
instead of thinking about the worst rounds, think about some of the best rounds mm-hmm. you've played and think about the mindset of where you were at. You were probably very carefree, not overthinking your swing, just enjoying it. So there's two here that I want to read. One, Carter uh, Moss says, I, after bed rounds, he says, I go home to my wife, have a good rest of the day, and I'm thankful I was able to play golf. I always have the next round to improve. Love it. So he just brushes it off, and he's just Positivity. Thankful. Mario Price, same type of thing. He says, for me, there are no bad rounds. A bad round is better than a good day at, at work any day. Just being out and enjoying the course uh, that I'm playing. So it's it's a great thought because he's like, okay, so then how do we define bad? You know, you went out there, you played golf. You, you didn't get injured. You, you know what I mean? Injured. You just shot a bad score that day. Yep. So- if anything, you, you can you can rethink of it as a good round because maybe you came out of it with three or four things that you know you need to work on. It gives you a punch list for your practice yeah. sessions. Right. You know, right. or otherwise, like we say, a lot of the videos we do when we're out there, we don't even really focus on the score. It's more so like because I don't I don't rem- always remember score. Sure, I love it. I love having my shot scope on my wrist and I can go back and look at some of my better rounds or some of my worst rounds of where I need to improve. But, but that's like the last what thing I remember yeah. is the time we had out there like playing with good friends, uh taking, you know, getting to really take in the course and mm-hmm. and under and like enjoy it for what it is. You know, the stories behind it, the people who created it, the architecture, all those types of things. There's yeah. so much in it that you can you don't have to it's, lump it in. It's just like it's a bad round just because of what you scored. There's a lot of good things that it, happen. It's so funny you say that because we played Forest Hill recently. Yeah. And we went out there and we played in the The owner gave us his super fast golf cart that was going 35 miles per hour. We had a beautiful sunny day. I made an eagle. I drove a par right. four. And we had great laughs with great people. And then, oh, by the way, I did. You know what? I shot an 81 that day. Yeah. That's an afterthought. Yeah. yeah. So you're right. One of your best rounds. Yeah. Um, here's a good one. Keith Cook says... Bad rounds happen, let most go. He goes, the ones you don't, evaluate, understand the skill that needs improvement. Well, where there are other factors outside the physical. If physical, hit the range of the chipping putting green. If mental or fatigue, address through meditation, nutrition, rest. So that's just it. Like I, I think a bad round will oftentimes, it's something to be grateful for because it'll tell you more about what you can do as a golfer to get better than a good round. Mm-hmm. Good round. Yeah, by that definition of that, you know, kind of lumping it in and saying a good round was a good score. Yeah. But it's just saying like, okay, then just enjoy it. The bad rounds, they're those teachable moments where you can kind of get better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And but I- it, no matter what I learned from all this stuff, it's I just it just keeps reinforcing it. The only path to better is more practice. You have to put that work in. Definitely. And I wanted to, and I do want to mention this one from Eddie because we can wrap it up on this. I think this is interesting, and this is something maybe I'll try doing because the best thing I do is how I fill out my scorecard. I don't write down the shots per hole. I use plus and minus instead. And I know a lot of you guys do this. I don't do this. So if I bogey, I just put plus one. If I birdie, I put a minus one. Or I just put a dash if it's just a par. Uh, your mind kind of gets over it faster. Yeah. And that's like a psychological game. Like you don't want to look down the scorecard. You saw a seven after a four. That might yeah. kind of rip you out of it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's but saying it's easier to look down at a two or a three than it is a seven and an eight. It's psychological. Yeah. Mental game. Look, whatever helps. We're whatever all works. different in, in whatever helps. I personally try not to look at the scorecard at all. At all, yeah. I don't like to add it up until the very end. Sometimes at the turn. Frank looks added up on the 18 tee box, and then he finds out that he's going for his best round ever. Yeah. And I'm like, why'd you do that? <laughs> that's in a video coming that's up, a, by yeah, the way. That one's, that one, actually, that one is probably out by the time we release this. That's video, right, but, that's right. But yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, like I said, if it if it 
if you if you're able to change that perspective and say those bad rounds are teachable moments, they're still moments that you got to be out there enjoying golf and it make you a better golfer. It's what's going to reduce that frustration because man, I'm telling you right now, if you carry that frustration on and you approach that next round with that kind of pessimistic mindset of thinking like, oh, I I the last time I was on this tee box, I hit that tree or whatever it may be. You're just gonna kind of repeat it. You're not gonna go anywhere. You're gonna be treading water. You gotta you gotta like kind of be able to find a way to move through it and hopefully uh some of these tips kind of help you guys i appreciate everybody who shared their own tips here yeah Um, let's do a quick word from our sponsor let's talk about stance with let's do we're gonna pay some bills guys and then i'm excited to get into that uh guys foot joy they've been the number one get this stat the number one shoe on tour for 75 years there's a run there's a run for you now they were innovating then and they continue to innovate today with a simple goal to elevate their game so that you can elevate yours. Uh, They build shoes for every player, every swing, every stance, and everywhere that you might play. So whether it's the style and performance of the Premier Series, huge fans, huge fans, big fan of Premier, Uh, the precision fit, by the way, they have the Premiers now in the uh, 2K for Xbox with the (laughs) white with the black top, the white and the black, they're sick. whether it's style and performance of the Premier Series, I talked about that. The Hyperflex, that's the other one I want to talk about because I wore those the other day. Those are those pillows on my feet that I keep referencing. They got that traction and comfort of uh, you know, those outsoles that come with the shoes. They're waterproof. There's the Pro SLs. I mean, you name it. There's so many different options for you. Spiked, non-spiked. I mean, you got to go just try them for yourself. Foot Joy is passionate about the, pro- the progress and you know what? It's the best shoe. The best, I'm sorry, I'm stumbling over my words, Frank. This is the best their game has ever looked. I want you guys to go check it out for yourself find the shoe for your game check out their shoe finder too that'll help you narrow it down go to footjoy.com slash shoe finder you guys are going to have fun playing around with that i know we did it's yes, kind of cool like we did. you know where you live in the world your terrain you know it's it's all good stuff so go check that out there and lastly we want to thank shotscope frank you know there's 500 people on the golf city shotscope leaderboard i've been loving seeing that thing grow 500 yeah and it makes it so much fun like these little like Kind of friendly competitions. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool to see where you you stack up. So get this. I rank 34th out of 500 in driving distance. Okay. Okay, that sounds cool. But get this. I rank 273rd in approaches with a proximity of 130 feet. Okay, so that's got to tell you where I need practice. Like we were talking that's about why I love the shots. Okay, now right? you know what you need to practice. You yep. know, I go right to that leaderboard, and I go, oh, wow. Wow, I'm in last place there. Well, what do I need to work on? So, guys, if you're new to the show and you're like, well, what are you talking about? The shot scope is a GPS device. It's a watch. It tracks your distances. You know, we all love that. But this goes a little bit further. The V3, it will track all the shots you've taken around and give you all of that great feedback. You know, your drive distance, where you're missing the fairways, your approaches, and all that great stuff. Hundreds of stats. And you earn medals, which is cool. Yeah, I love the medals. Yeah. Right? And they also have a rangefinder, the Pro L1. We've been using them for years. We love the products. If you guys are in the market for something new, you want to check out the ShotScope, give it a look. Shotscope.com slash golficity. The prices are right. The rangefinder is 200 bucks. The G3 is 159 That's GPS only watch. And then the V3 with stat tracking right around 200 They're not going to break the bank. And you're going to love it. Right. And no subscription. No please. subscriptions. One and done. That's what I love about That's it, man. So check them out. All right. So, guys, let's talk about Stance With here for a second. And and like I said, we, we kind of prefaced it early in the show by talking about how important it is and especially how important it is to once you dial in that Stance With, stance with to mm-hmm. get consistent with it. Because as you change that, like it can, it can be a difference of just a couple of inches that can ch- affect your balance and your rotation. And if you've been tuning in and listening each week, you know how important both of those are especially if you want to become a better ball striker. If you throw your balance or your ability to rotate out, you know, out of 
sync in some way, you're going to see it in the results and how you're striking the ball. So we want to have a consistent starting point that we can work from that we know we can put a similar type of swing, a similar consistent swing. Stop making so many moving targets. Mm -hmm. There's already plenty of variables for us out there on the golf course that face us. Everything from different lies and, and, you know, different undulations and distances and clubs we need to hit and all that type of conditions and weather conditions. Let those be the variables in your game, not the ones that you introduce. So the one important thing here to understand is that the right stance width is going to allow you to maintain that balance throughout the swing. And if you're not already obsessing on balance, let me invite you over to this side of where we've been lately of really obsessing about balance because it is just so important. And in fact, some of the best instructors that we've worked with, we find that oftentimes they say the first thing that they go to is balance, mm -hmm. making sure that their golfers are in a good balanced position. One thing I really like, and I've been working on this more and more, Mike, is of course the balance at setup but really focusing on holding out the pose at the end of the swing yeah. because it'll tell you so much about your balance. It's so much balance feedback. And in a second, we're going to tell you how it's a little tip about how to give you some stance feedback as well. But if you, if you find that you're unable to hold that pose and you're falling over in one direction or another, it immediately shows that there's something with your balance that's off. Yeah, if I like you can't that. finish in a nice hold balanced position, yeah, then there's a problem. So it's a good thing to look at. Um, but a good stance, it'll also allow you to make that real powerful turn. You know, and and the hard part about this is that it is a tightrope in a certain regard. If you go too far in one direction to help one of those, whether it be balance or rotation, ultimately you're going to start pulling away from the other yeah so like we said before and i always like to kind of feel the extremities you can try this for yourself take a ridiculously wide stance you know really like silly wide you'll be in a really balanced position like you almost think of like if you were like wrestling or mm -hmm. something like that and you're about like or or you're about to make a tackle in football or something like that you got a really wide stable base right but now it becomes really hard to kind of rotate. You can try to like stand those wide, wide stance and try to rotate your top half of your body and you realize it's difficult. And then you can go the other direction, put your feet together. Now you can rotate really freely. But as you said before, someone could come over and just push you over really easy. Right. Mm -hmm. So you need to find that, that kind of line that walks between the two. You know, That's the, the balance. I've said this many times on the show. Um, Sprecher keeps coming to mind. Um, he used that word jostle. Your yeah. feet when you're standing over your ball. Just kind of like lift your feet up and down and feel the earth below you. And that can give you instant feedback that you're balanced because you may be standing over a ball and all of the weight is in the front of your toes, whether down, you know, that's still, what happened to me. Yeah, that's right? what I was doing. Yeah, yeah. And like you don't know that, but you could essentially just feel it and, you know, adjust yourself. Right. Yeah, Simple he, tip. I love it. I use it I every single it. time. I use it every time yeah. as well. I put it in my pre-shot routine because I had so much of my weight falling forward. I wasn't able to, as you said, jostle. I wasn't able to lift my toes off the ground. But by doing that, lifting it, it pushed the weight a little bit back. But there's mm -hmm. a lot of different things you can do to feel like you're in balance. But like I said, it's still walking that line. You want to be in balance, but you want to have it just to that that point where you can still rotate. So the first thing about shoulder, uh, about stance width, oftentimes we hear like an athletic thing. It's It's being, you know, keeping them shoulder width. But in golf, it's really not that simple. And I think this is kind of like best described visually. So we'll include this in the show notes. And we've got an article on this on Golficity that you guys can check out or in the Golficity app. But we included 
uh, a picture, a face on picture of three different setups. This is Sean Foley. I remember that time you ran into him on the bus. I asked him for a quick swing lesson. Remember? Yeah. And he's like, and I said, how much for a quick swing lesson? He just laughed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been something. An on the spot on the swing spot. lesson. But it's interesting because he shows three different shots. You got a short iron, a middle iron, and a long iron. And each one has a different stance width. So as simple as just saying shoulder width apart, is just not that easy mm-hmm. because you couldn't apply that to every club in the bag. Now, it's like, I think it's a good reference starting point. I also think shoulder width is a pretty good balance between stability and rotation, but it's not necessarily maximizing what you can get out of it. Mm-hmm. Because like I think with a, a shorter shot, let's say like a, a pitch, you know, pitching wedge or a wedge shot, you can stand a little closer together. You're not taking as, you know, the, the swing is not as fast. It doesn't need to rotate as hard as, let's say, a driver. Right. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily need as wide of a stable of a base. And this allows you to get a little bit more of that finesse and be able to rotate through it. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of different ways you can do it. But the first thing to do is just kind of realizing you don't necessarily need to always be shoulder width apart. All right, so different clubs, different stances. So how do we get into the right one? I personally, I've used this method for a long time. I like for for a righty, you can switch this for a lefty, but I like the left foot, right foot method. Okay. Which is basically, as you approach your shot, you kind of set your left foot in relation to the ball of where you want it to be in your stance. Mm -hmm. Now, we've done podcast episodes on this before as well. The ball in the stance is going to change depending on the club you're hitting. So obviously with a driver, it's it's forward in the stance, and then you work your way back towards the middle of the stance. Some people, I rarely go back back past middle. Um, Some people will go further back towards their right foot with certain shots, maybe with certain shots. But I'm really like, for my my shortest wedges, I'm usually in the middle, and I'll just kind of move forward a little bit. But what you can do is use that as your starting point by first just kind of taking your left foot and stepping out where you want that ball to be in your stance. And then from there, stepping out your right foot the appropriate length. Now, this is where it takes a little bit of practice. What that length is is going to change with different clubs. Mm -hmm. But it's really finding that sweet spot. And this is something you can do on the range with experimenting. Uh, Take one club. Maybe it's like you feel like your seven iron or some sort of middle club. Where do you want that in your stance? Now set your left foot to it and then experiment with your right. Try taking a little bit wider stance. What does that do for you? Then go a little bit narrower. What does that do? Is there that tipping point where you're starting to uh, lose balance in favor of rotation or vice versa? Um, But you can kind of work your way through and get what the right feel is here as well. Again, I don't want to dive too much into saying what the exact right stance width is because it's going to vary not only by shot and club, but also by body build and and the person. So I think this is one of those things that you can get a lot from a lesson, a lot of value from a lesson Mm -hmm. and have an instructor, you know, based on your body type, your swing, show you what they feel is an appropriate stance width for the clubs. Yeah. But then Mm -hmm. note it. And we'll talk about why in a second because I want you to practice it. I think the hard part is that we then get away from it and we approach it with different stance. So we're really just really driving home this point of consistency. Yeah, it makes sense, man. I wonder if they make, do you think they make an alignment stick with different like places to put your feet? For, Probably for not different... because it's so simple to do yourself. And right. that was the kind of the tip that I wanted to talk about in a second is something we learned about putting tape on an alignment stick. Yeah. Because I think that that's going to be your easiest way to, to practice it. consistency. Um, but the other thing too is again, kind of giving yourself some visual feedback of if your stance is appropriate. A good one, we talked about before, holding the finish. 
right? Yep. Mm-hmm. A good way you can do this is take a swing, hold the finish. Let's say that we'll do, again, we'll address this from a righty standpoint. If your knees are right next to each other at, at your finish, your stance is probably the appropriate width. If you find that your left knee is closer to the target than your right knee, your stance may be too wide. So if you think about that, if you took a really wide stance and finished, your right knee is going to be way behind your left. Got it. Yep. And then vice versa, if your right knee is way past your left knee at your finish, there's a chance that that stance was too narrow. And we included a picture of Rory at his finish here, and you can just see his knees are, are perfectly like the touching, same yeah. distance mm-hmm. upon, you know, towards the target. They're just, at that point, completely parallel. And it just shows you that he starts with such a, a, a good balanced you know stance with that he winds up in a good balanced finish mm-hmm. that's what it really comes down to but as mike was saying i think the number one way that we can kind of practice this is once you find out what the appropriate stance width is and this is a tip that we got from one of uh instructors that we worked with recently said just simply take an alignment stick now we're talking about a three dollar piece of equipment you know in a versatile piece of equipment that you can use with so many different things just take that alignment stick Put two little pieces of tape there for where your stance width should be. You can use multiple pieces if you want to do for different clubs. Yep. And then just bring that to the range with you and just put it down at your feet and just make sure each time as part of your stance preparation that you are aligned there. And that's what we talked about before about purposeful practice isn't just going to the range and just beating balls. It's going each time for each shot through your pre-shot routine as you would on the golf course. But in the in this case, on the range, you have the benefit of using training aids. Here, it can be that that putting that stance width on a, a uh on an alignment stick. Mm-hmm. That's not a benefit you're gonna have out on the golf course. But if you practice it, I mean, you can argue the point, does muscle memory really exist or not? Whatever. It's familiarity. If you put that down and you practice it time after time and you keep stepping up to the golf ball and getting yourself in that right stance, now when you're out on the golf course and that you don't have that visual aid of the alignment stick, it just feels right because you've done it so many times. Right. Exactly. That's the way I think to mm-hmm. practice it. That's right. You practice know? with a purpose. So simple. So simple. And But again, what we're trying to really drive home is introducing consistency. Some golfers who are newer golfers who are very inconsistent, it's not even on their mind. They're taking a different stance with each time. That different may only be an inch, a half an inch, but it's still going to change because the, the the golf swing at the end of the day is still a very athletic move. Oh, yeah. And in order to be able to do that much rotation with that much force, you need to be able to start from a consistent starting point. So check in with your yourself. Check in uh, with your stance width. Uh, you can you can check in. I, I think the best thing to do is check in with your instructor and have them. I mean, they can do it like one time. Just give you the right stance width, and then you can go out there and put it on yourself. It's that just to practice it. But do that, check in with your finish, see where your knees are at finish, just evaluate it, and then just start to work that consistency into your game. You'll benefit from it. The score will benefit. Totally agree, man. Totally agree. So, guys, go ahead and do that. If you've got some of your own tips, if something that's worked for you with stance with, if there's a training aid other than that that's kind of helped or a visual cue that you've used that has helped you, put it in the comments, put it in the Facebook group, share it with the rest of us so we can all learn and grow from it as well. Uh, coming up, Mike, we've got some great interviews on the show in the next couple of weeks. That's right, we do. So stay tuned for that. And of course, we'll continue these kind of lessons and these, uh, these tips again that we've been out there working hard on. And if it helps us, we feel like 
might be able to help you guys. So we will share it here on the podcast. But like I said, stay tuned for some great interviews. Uh, if you're not already subscribed, make sure you subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts so you can get these episodes each week. And you can, as always, download them for free in the Golficity app. And if you want to go all the way back to episode, what was it, 61? 61. You can do so in the Golficity app. All the episodes, all 300 and whatever it is, 85, 85. of them yeah, are in there for free. And the app We never get free. tired of talking to golf, I guess. Huh? No, talking never. 385 times we've done this. <laughs> ah, and we'll awesome. do it 385 times more. Absolutely. All right, guys, that's everything we have for you this week. We'll see everybody again next week.